one ever, right? So that was the name of their team, the Narwhals, for some reason in soccer. So, but it was real for her. It wasn't fake. Uh, that, that's, that's what it meant for her. Uh, I don't really have to tell you that fake stinks on Instagram as well. Now, I love Instagram. I'm on it all the time. But it, uh, it, I think what we really do is we just kind of like show people what we want them to see. And that's fine. Like, please don't just put all your business out there. I don't want to see that. But we typically show people just little parts of what we want to see. Check out the framing on these real quick. Fake, 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 fake. Look at this framing. Like, it's amazing. But this is a big reason why you shouldn't really compare your normal to somebody else's highlight reel because that's what's being put out there can be really destructive. Researcher and author Brene Brown puts it this way. Anybody, Brene Brown fans in the house? Yeah, I see some hands. I see that hand. Yes, I see that. There you go. I just wanted to say that in church. Like, I feel like I'm, I'm supposed to be a preacher, so I got to say that. Like, yes, I see that hand. That's, yes, I see that. That's inappropriate. All right. So she says this, all right. Perfectionism is a self-destructive and addictive belief system that fuels this primary thought. If I look perfect and I do everything perfectly, I can avoid and minimize the painful feelings of shame, judgment, and blame. I'm going to read that again real quick. You can leave that up there. Perfectionism is a self-destructive and addictive belief system that fuels this primary thought. If I look perfect and I do everything perfectly, I can avoid and minimize the painful feelings of shame, judgment, and blame. So I don't really know where you are life stage, but you kind of feel that no matter where you are, right? If you're a student, you're trying to be three different people at the same time to try to fit in and belong, fake stinks for you, right? If you're a husband, you've got the job that lets you buy the things that you think successful people should be buying, uh, trying to keep up this charade, but you can kind of feel the emptiness setting in for you. Fake stinks for you. If you're a person of faith, you've been trying to live your entire life doing all the things that you think people should do, right? You're following all the rules, but you kind of like feel like you're in a little bit of a prison. You, your joy has left you. You feel exhausted. You feel like you're always angry, and you're trying to do all these good things that Christians are supposed to do. So for you, probably fake stinks, too. I, I write all these in here because this is me. Like, this is me saying this is what stinks about me. This is, these are the things that I deal with. So I assume that there was at least a couple of people in the audience who are feeling what I'm feeling. But the things we do at church uh, sometimes are in the name of religion. It stinks because we're just doing it for the wrong reasons, right? The things themselves are fine. They're great things. But we're doing it for the wrong reasons. We're doing it for the outside instead of the inside. We're doing it for the appearance of it. Uh, John Christ uh, is a comedian. He loves to poke fun at Christians, especially Protestant Christians. Uh, so he, he, has a, he has a video uh, where he kind of likes to poke fun at this. I want you to check this out. Are you a Christian girl that loves taking photos of her devotions? Do you spend hours framing the perfect picture without the payoff of people noticing how spiritual you are on the internet? Introducing Christian Girl Instagram. 101 tips and tricks to get more likes on your devotional photos. Hi, I'm John Christ with Christian Girl Instagram. Do you struggle to get likes on those devotional Instagram photos? Hashtag the struggle is real. From the best-selling author of shameless workout selfies comes Christian Girl Instagram. I would always get totes stressed out trying to decide which Bible verse to show. 
<laughs> not anymore. Okay, you're always gonna wanna stay away from common verses like Jeremiah 29 11 or John 3 16. No matter what verse you choose, you always wanna make sure you highlight multiple verses with multiple colors. Because after all, what's the point of having devotions if no one knows about it? I used to spend five minutes reading the Bible, and then like 30 minutes trying to figure out a hashtag. Then I found Christian Girl Instagram. My book includes over a thousand hashtag suggestions like Coffee with Colossians, Bliss, Serenity, Much Needed, and of course, hashtag blessed. Buy Christian Girl Instagram today and we'll include our 31-piece package of options to put in the background of your photo. Things like a candle, a Precious Moments doll, a subscription to Relevant Magazine, kale chips, and of course, a coffee cup with a Bible verse on it. Thanks to inspiration from Christian Girl Instagram, I took down my Marilyn Monroe poster and replaced it with footprints in the sand. So clear off what's really on your desk and replace it with new products from Christian Girl Instagram. Oh man, that's, yeah, that's great. That's, you know, that's funny because it's true. And then also you guys like watching because you're like, well, I'm not that bad. <laughs> like, that's terrible. <laughs> I'm not that fake. Faking it a religion, though, is like, it's nothing new. It's not like this is because of social media. It's just an expression of it. I mean, people have been trying to follow Jesus for centuries. They've been dealing with this, right? There was a, a famous Christian, one of the most famous Christians in history. His name is Paul, right? Paul, uh, he used to basically persecute, not... <laughs> That's great. I, I do a blood-spattered photo of a sculpture, and people laugh. That's awesome. <laughs> No, that is, that is supposed to be a sculpture of Paul. Uh, he was a notorious leader, actually, who killed people who would claim to be following that radical person named Jesus at the time. He actually murdered tons of people. Now, that was, that was a while ago. So nowadays, when he writes this letter to a church in Galatia, to some Christians there, uh, and now, he's, now he's actually on, uh, trying to follow Jesus. Now, he's writing about an interaction he has with another huge church leader named Peter. Um, so Peter's kind of like the big you know, like church leader in the Christian church, and they were both brought up in the Hebrew faith, and now they're trying to follow Jesus and lead his church. So this comes from the message translation, Galatians 2, 11 through 13. If you have the Bible app, um, I would highly recommend downloading that if you don't already have it. I use it every day. Whitewater app has the Bible in it. You can follow along there. If the four people who brought a message Bible with them today, you can read along in that. Here's the scripture up here, though. Later, when Peter came to Antioch, I had a face-to-face -face confrontation with him because he was clearly out of line. Here's the situation. Earlier, before certain persons had come from James, Peter regularly ate with the non-Jews. So when that conservative group came from Jerusalem, he cautiously pulled back and put as much distance as he could, as he could manage between himself and his non-Jewish friends. That's how fearful he was of the conservative Jewish clique that's been pushing the old system of circumcision. Unfortunately, the rest of the Jews in the Antioch church joined in the hypocrisy so that even Barnabas was swept along in the charade. So quick little time out if you're new into the whole church thing. I did just say the word circumcision, and I know that's very weird. I don't have time to get into like Jewish customs. We're just going to blow past that. The basic thing is what's happening here is Paul is telling Peter, hey, man, it's not cool that you're being a hypocritical, acting one way with one group of people and then acting a totally different way with another group of people, right? I know no one in this audience has ever done that, but Peter was struggling with this at the time, right? So we're going to come back to this story in a moment, right? Okay, so I think we've basically established that fake stinks, right? No one likes fake, yet we all kind of do it from time to time. So then what's, what's the antidote to that? I would say authenticity, authentic. 
Now, if you haven't figured out by now, in the bulletin, there is a crossword puzzle. puzzle. I don't know why I made it a crossword puzzle. I just thought it would be fun. So the first one was fake, F-A-K-E. That was the first blank if you missed it. Second one, authentic is messy. Authentic is messy. Real is messy. Kind of like families. This is mine right here. That's, that's my family. Now, again, I was a photographer, so I'm trying to fake it. Let's all get on these stumps and take a photo and it's like kind of, you know, make nice faces. And this is what we get. I really like it, though. It's not fake. You know, Alex is like just a little uncomfortable <laughs> trying to lean out of the photo. Brooklyn's being goofy. Man is wa- looking at the kids and I'm just having a good old time. But family can be messy. Being authentic with your family can be really messy. Tell you whatever, what else is messy with being authentic is sharing your story with somebody else in an authentic way. Uh, last year, 72 people here at Whitewater shared their story in an authentic way publicly. Um, that's a lot of people doing something really scary, which is sharing themselves publicly with somebody else. Um, and one of those stories came actually from, the, uh, from a, a story from All In, a guy named Joey. Uh, so last All In in October, he went All In, got baptized, came out, got changed, and immediately sat down and chatted with us just for a second and just see if you can pick up on some of the authentic statements that he makes. Yeah, so uh, my name is Joey Kappen. Um, I've been going to church all my life, basically. Started going to a Catholic church when I was young, which I still love and love the people there. Um, but it was continuously me just going to church every week, and I guess that was the extent of it. And I think there was this point where I was living to go to church on Sundays and then acting the rest of the way that I wanted to um, the rest of the time. And so really wanted to make that change where I'm just acting like this the way I want to throughout the rest of my time here. So it's not just on Sundays, show up and do what I gotta do, uh, but making sure it's a bigger part of my life. So I, I think some of the stuff recently with just like work and some other relationships in my life and things that weren't going perfectly and then coming to realize that I have a lot of say in kind of how those go, but then also like some of the things are really hard to get through and just having that kind of faith and relationship with God can make it a lot easier so I don't need to go in alone with it. Some of it was, I guess, about a little bit of self-worth first um, and trying to make sure that I'm the kind of person that I want to be, but also realizing that I can take that next step with God. It doesn't just have to be me. And there's plenty of people supporting me, um, but also making sure that I have, I guess, God and the church family there too to help me as well. Yeah, so I think it would be hard for me just to go, I guess, start reading the Bible more and doing these like godly acts the way I want to um, and just kind of stick with it. But I think I need that moment where I'm with the church and there's people there supporting me where I know that I'm kind of held responsible now and I want to make these changes and all these other people here have seen me do this and now I'm committed to it myself and then I know that other people are going to hold me accountable to making that change. That's really cool. Yeah. Cheer on Joey. Now that, uh, you might, he might've been saying some things that kind of resonated with you and uh, maybe you've been kind of thinking about going all in your fi- with your faith or kind of what's that next step for you with following Jesus. We're actually having another all in day coming up in April. So keep an eye out for those, uh, for that next day coming up. Uh, it's going to be great. Uh, another Brene Brown quote, she writes so much about authenticity and, um, and uh, being who you are, she goes on to say, authenticity is a collection of choices that we have to make every day. It's about the choice to show up and be real. 
the choice to be honest, the choice to let our true selves be seen. The irony is that we attempt to disown our difficult stories to appear more whole or more acceptable, but our wholeness, even our wholeheartedness, actually depends on the integration of all of our experiences, including the fails. So I wonder what it would look like if we let our true selves be seen just a little more, maybe for the first time in a long time with anybody in our life. What would it look like to, be seen, to, to let some of your true selves be seen with your family or your significant other or your kids? So I figured we'd have a moment this, sun, this morning to practice this in an authentic way. It might get a little messy because authentic is messy, but in a moment, I'm going to ask you to introduce yourself after you stand up to the person, someone around you that you don't know, and you're going to get their name, you're, they're going to get your name, do the basics. Now, usually the normal small talk is like new sports weather, like, oh yeah, it's not as cold out today as it was yesterday, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but <laughs> let's do something different. I don't know whose voice that was supposed to be. Uh, let's do something different. Uh, grab the person after you introduce and just say, this is what I volunteer at Whitewater and this is why I do it. If you don't volunteer anywhere here, maybe ask them, hey, what do you, how do you volunteer and serve at Whitewater and why do you do it? If neither of you guys are on a team here, maybe talk about how you're volunteering outside of church or things that you've done to serve others. If you've never done any, if you've never volunteered or served anybody, like just stop now and go and serve somebody. Like, Certainly, there's something you've done in your life where you've helped somebody. So talk about that and why you did it. But talk about the team that you're on, why you're on it. I'm going to do this too. I know it's a little uncomfortable. You're like, Joe, come on, man. I got up. I, I'm chilling. I got my coffee. Just let me chill. I'll do it with you. I don't really like meeting a lot of new people either, but I'm going to do it. My wife, who's introvert, she's going to do it. She's right down there. So let's all do this together. Chris Stapleton will be playing in the background just to ease it in a little bit. All right, and uh, let's do it just a couple minutes. Everybody up, introduce somebody. Good, 30 seconds, you guys are doing great. Lots of good chatter, 30 seconds. Everybody keeps telling me wrong. Oh, but I can't seem to go anywhere without you. All right, wrap it up, wrap it up, wrap it up. Every single 
sometimes, sometimes. Good. I love the conversation. Let's find our seats. I want to get you guys out of here on time. We can finish these conversations when we walk out. That's awesome. So this is a little challenge if you didn't. If the person with you is not on a volunteer team, just invite them to serve with you. It's not rocket science. Just like, hey, come hang out with me when I serve. It'll be easy. Like, it's an easy way, all right? You probably already did that. Heard some good stories from the first service. Thank you guys for trying that out with me and uh, being messy and risky. I like it. Uh, I got one quick exception before we move on from authentic as messy. It's, a, it's an exception to being authentic, and it, it goes like this. Feelings tend to follow action. This is what I've recognized in my life. I've seen it in so many other people's lives. Feelings tend to follow action. The idea is that there's certain healthy practices like volunteering and serving others that we know are healthy for us, right? That we don't necessarily wait for the feeling first and then do it. We know it's healthy, we do it. And the feelings of uh, feeling a part of something bigger and contentment come after, right? So feelings follow action, they tend to. Uh, it happens with me, with praying. Like I don't always feel like praying, but I know it's a healthy practice, so I do it, and then the feelings of peace and contentment come after. So those healthy things in our lives, we know that the feelings tend to follow action, so you got to take that action step. That's a little exception. In the meantime, you'll actually feel like you're faking it a little bit, right? You feel like you're going through the motions. Just do a self-check every now and then. If you find yourself doing things and you're never getting any kind of contentment or joy out of it, it's time to take a step back and be like, huh, I wonder if I'm actually doing this for the right reasons. Uh, that'd be a good check-in. So, fake stinks, we agree. Authentic is messy, right? Back to Galatians, this is where Paul calls out Peter's hypocrisy. This is what he says, I spoke up to Peter in front of them all. If you, a Jew, live like a non-Jew, you're not being observed by the watchdogs from Jerusalem, what right do you have to require non-Jews to conform to Jewish customs just to make a favorable impression on your old Jerusalem cronies? Now, that's what most of the unreligious people in the world are saying to us, by the way, in, the, in churches. How can you judge me when you're living a double life? What's up with that? Like, I get that, I've gotten that question, and I don't really know what to say to them often other than just religion stinks sometimes. And even though I'm not trying to be fake, I'm trying to live an authentic life and be real, that doesn't mean that I'm perfect, right? Now, Paul actually has something to say about this. He writes another letter to the Christians who were living in Rome at the time. And actually, he quotes from Psalms. So now we're going to read a quote from Romans quoting Psalms. It's kind of like a biblical inception type deal. All right, Romans 3, 2. Now, there's nobody living right, not even one. No one who knows the score, nobody alert for God, They've all taken the wrong turn. They've all wandered down the blind alleys. No one's living right. I can't find a single one. That's me. I'm not living right. I'm, I'm not doing everything that I should. I, the scorecard doesn't exist. Uh, there's no scorecard. I, I, don't, I think Paul uh, actually gets it right when he goes on later to say that actually no one is actually good and eternal death separated from God is what's waiting for us. Now, I'm not 100% sure what that means, but I'm pretty sure it's not good. Like, it sounds like the bad place. Eternal death separated from God. We don't have to quibble over what that looks like. It's gonna be bad. So then that's it, right? We're screwed, like, there's no scorecard. We're not good enough, separated from God. Yeah, just eat, drink, be merry, for tomorrow we die. Like, that's it. Yeah, okay, 
See you guys. Okay, there is good news. <laughs> but wait, there's more. Uh, it's like an infomercial. I don't know what that was supposed to be. Last blank, or not last blank, one of the last blanks in your bulletin followed Jesus. Jesus is the blank in your bulletin. Now, let me set this up. There's a doctor, an author. His name is Luke. That's a photo of him. I'm just kidding. There's, there's no photos back then. I think that might have been what he looked like. He hung around a guy named Jesus at the time, and Jesus was making some pretty bold claims to be God, all right? So obviously, Luke is like feverishly writing notes because he wants to turn it into a book. Like, wouldn't you if you're following around somebody and you're in their inner circle and they're like, everybody else thinks they're crazy? So that's what Luke does. He starts writing it all down. Luke 18, verse 9 through 12. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, the other a tax man. I lost my place. There we go. It's because I started the slide. There's extra stuff there that's bonus at the beginning. Let's start that over. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, the other a tax man. The Pharisee posed and prayed like this. Oh, God, I thank you. I am not like the other people. You guys. You guys. Robbers, crooks, adulterers, or heaven forbid, like this tax man. I fast twice a week, and I tithe on all my income. Meanwhile, tax man, he slumped in the shadows, his face in his hands, not daring to look up, said, God, give me mercy. Forgive me a sinner. God, give me mercy. Forgive me a sinner. God, give me mercy. Forgive me a sinner. Jesus commented on this story. He doesn't say it's a parable. I think he probably saw this happen. He said, this tax man, not the other, went home, made right with God. If you walk around with your nose in the air, you're going to end up flat on your face, Jesus said. But if you're content to be simply yourself, you will become more than yourself. Notice Jesus doesn't give a formula or a list of actions. He tells a story to get his point across. And what's the point? Man is obsessed with the outside. God is all about the heart. He's all about our intentions. God is all about the heart, a heart humbly turned towards him. God's not interested in all the good things that we can do for him, right? Religion stinks. This is when religion stinks. When the church becomes full of people who are more concerned about the outside than the inside. When we show up all put together and sing songs that we don't mean, it's when we convince ourselves we're keeping most of the rules, so now this gives me the right to judge others. But there's nothing like the church when it's working right. When the people in the church have a humble spirit and know it's not all about them, it's when we start to follow Jesus and obey his teachings because we're so excited about the mission. It's when we're afraid... It's when we're not afraid to get a little bit messy. That's when the church is working right. And I see that around here at Whitewater. Now, for some of you, you're like super excited. You're like, yeah, man, I'm going to go like 
sit on the side of a mountain somewhere and start talking to God and like, that's going to be my next step. And that's me, honestly, because I'm, I'm an outdoors person. I love being in the mountains. But for some of us, it's nice also then to get some tips. Okay, like, how do I start following Jesus? What the heck does that even mean? He's like, like walking around. I like, just like walk behind a guy. Like, how do I actually start this thing? Or maybe how do I start following Jesus again in my life? Because I've kind of lost my way. So I'm going to give those to you. Now, these are not a checklist, right? But I'm going to call them next steps, right? Just nice and simple. That's the last blank in your bulletin. Good. I hear a lot of writing. Thank you for pretending to pay attention and humoring me. That's really great. <laughs> next steps. All right. Talk to somebody today. It's really easy. Every, every week we have people down here uh, at the end of the service, and they would love to pray with you and talk with you about following God, taking the next step in your life, they're here for you. They'll pray with you. So maybe, that, that, maybe that's what you need to do. Secondly, maybe just read more about Jesus on your own. Like you don't have to wait to come on Sunday to hear me babble on about, and read from a screen. Like re, get, a, get one of those Bibles that have like the red letters, the old school ones, and just read all that Jesus taught. Like it, it would shock you how much it would transform your life, okay? So start reading about Jesus on your own. You can pick up one of the books if you didn't already, David held up. That's a great book. Just read that. Maybe you need to develop some authentic relationships in your life or foster the ones you already have. So obviously start with your family. Start with your significant other. But then consider moving into the church world of developing some authentic relationships. Don't make Sunday and Thursday the only time you come in, say hi to a couple people and go skin deep. Like be risky with that a little bit. Get a little messy. No matter what step you might take, just be authentic and follow Jesus this week. It's easy. Easy enough, right? Be authentic and follow Jesus this week. Now, next week, we're going to continue the Religion Stinks series. David Vaughn is going to be back. And he's going to talk about religion stinks because of all the guilt. Yes. Don't forget, if you're newer around here, uh, right after the service is really important. Just come by and say hi. It's like low stakes. We've got a little gift for you over next to the wall where the words are and all the scores. Uh, we won't like, you know, make you add up what those are. Just really easy. Just say hi. We're so glad that you're here. Uh, if you guys will stand with me, uh, let's just pray. If you will, I, I didn't do this in the first service. I just feel really uh, convicted about the, the way that Jesus commended the prayer and I know uh, some people who um, maybe aren't able to kneel down. Um, there's no judgment, so if you need to sit. Um, but I feel, like, I feel like now's a good time to kind of model and just see what it feels like to humbly go before God in prayer. And this is why we bow our head and close our eyes. It's a quick way to do it. But I'm just going to challenge everybody. Can we do that? So either sit if you're not able to. I know I just made you stand. I'm just... So either sit if you're not able to, but I'm going to ask everybody to kneel. That's okay. And we're doing this to put our, ourselves in a position before God, a humble position. It's not magical. It's not, we're not going through the motions. God, you are great. You are so big and so amazing and so beautiful in our lives. And we see you in the world and we see you in other people. And thank you for being authentic with us and sending Jesus who we could model our lives after. And um, God, we are not great. We are nothing without you. God, this week I pray that we would be authentic and be messy. God, that we would follow Jesus this week. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you, guys. Have a good week.